First Kings 3, 1 through 15, Solomon made an alliance with, the, uh, with Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and married his daughter. He brought her to the city of David until he finished building the palace and the temple of the Lord and the wall around Jerusalem. The people, however, were still sacrificing at the high places because a temple had not yet been built for the name of the Lord. And Solomon showed his love for the Lord by walking according to the instructions given him by his father David, except that he offered sacrifices and burnt offerings and burnt incense on the high places. So then he went to Gibeon to offer sacrifices, for that was the most important high place. And Solomon offered a thousand burnt offerings on that altar. At Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon during the night in a dream, and God said, Ask for whatever you want me to give you. Solomon answered, You have shown great kindness to your servant, my father David, because he was faithful to you and righteous and upright in heart. And you have continued this great kindness to him and have given him a son to sit on the throne this very day. Now, my Lord, my God, you have made your servant king in place of my father David. But I'm only a little child and do not know how to carry out my duties. Your servant here among the people you have cho- your, your servant is here among the people that you have chosen, a great people too numerous to count or number. So give your servant a discerning heart to govern your people and to distinguish between right and wrong. For who is able to govern this great people of yours? The Lord was pleased that Solomon had asked for this. So God said to him, Since you have asked for this and not for long life or wealth for yourself, nor have you asked for the death of your enemies, but for discernment and administering justice, I will do what you have asked, and I will give you a wise and discerning heart, so that there will never, so that there will never have been anyone like you, nor will there ever be. Moreover, I will give you what you have not asked for, both wealth and honor, so that in your lifetime you will have no equal among kings. And if you walk in obedience to me and keep my decrees and my commands as David your father did, I will give you a long life. Then Solomon awoke, and he realized it had been a dream. And he returned to Jerusalem, stood before the ark of the Lord's covenant, and sacrificed burnt offerings and fellowship offerings. And then he gave a feast for all his court. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to our God. So the kingdom of Israel was in a bit of a mess at this time. David was getting old. And he wasn't the father and the equipper that he could have been to his sons. David, Solomon's father, was a warrior. He was a military man. And David began his career with fighting the, the giant Goliath. And then he was commissioned to God, by God to make a place for the people of Israel. 2 Samuel 7. The kingdom was prosperous uh, at one time under David's rule, but it was kind of crumbling at the moment. Adonijah, David's fourth son, declared himself as king. You can read that in 1 Kings 1. He was self-appointed. So then Bathsheba, Solomon's mother, came complaining to David about this whole Adonijah incident and how Solomon was promised to be the king. Things got straightened out. Somewhat, and young Solomon is now declared king. But not without a lot of drama involved. And you know, our God has such a way of forgiving us for our messes. And God takes over our messes, what we even may have intended for bad. And he uses them for his glory and for his good. 
So God placed young King Solomon into the position of leadership. Solomon was to be the builder of the temple and and not involved in these military campaigns like his father, David. The verse prior uh, to our reading in 1 Kings 2.46, it stated the kingdom was now firmly established in Solomon's hands. And it wasn't on account of what David or Adonijah or even Bathsheba or even Solomon did. It was all on account of the grace of God. As we read, Solomon was a young guy. He was probably in his early 20s. And you can imagine that he would have been very overwhelmed with this new position as king. But yet, God put him there. And the name Solomon comes from the word shalom, meaning peace. David was a king of war, and Solomon was to be a king of peace. In fact, in verse 1, we read how Solomon made alliances with surrounding nations. Now, he did this in a bit of a strange way by marrying king's daughters. But that's another sermon for another day. And so we also noted in our reading that Solomon would go outside the gates of Jerusalem for worship. Now, he could have stayed in Jerusalem, but as we said, not not everything was all set up there. So he traveled to Gibeon, and he traveled there for a thousand offerings. A lot of animals went up in smoke on account of Solomon's worship time. And so during this one time, God appeared to Solomon in a dream. And God said to King Solomon, okay, ask for whatever you want me to give you. Now, this is not some random question being asked by God to some random person while he's sleeping. No, Solomon had a relationship with God. Firstly, we go back to the book of 2 Samuel 12, 24, when Solomon was born. And it was stated that the Lord loved Solomon. In fact, when Solomon was born, he was to be named Jedidiah, meaning loved by God. God already had a relationship with Solomon, and Solomon with God. And in this passage, verse 3 talks about his love for the Lord. Now, God, of course, knew the heart of Solomon, and he knew that how Solomon would have responded when he was asked this question. Ask for whatever you want to give Want me to give to you? Bird alluded to in the children's message, like, wouldn't it be great, not only as kids, but even as adults, to have that opportunity given to us? It'd be fun to even dream that question being asked to us. Kind of like some, you know, movies that we watch or, you know, where there's a genie in a bottle kind of thing. Those kind of stories that go around. Like, what do you want? You got one wish. What do you want? There was this uh, older couple. They were walking on the beach. And then the husband tripped over this bottle. And a genie came out of the bottle. And the genie, of course, did ask him, you can have, each have one wish. The wife made her first wish, and she said, I would love to travel around the world with my husband. And suddenly there appeared in her hand two tickets for traveling around the world. But now it was the husband's turn. Giving a little more thought, he said, well, said the husband. And he had this mischievous look on his face. I wish I could travel around the world with a younger companion. And the words were barely out of his mouth when poof, 
the husband aged 20 years. <laughs> Didn't have the wisdom of Solomon. Folks, there are no genies in a bottle. And God's not to be treated this way. God, he initiated the question. And he did ask Solomon an open-ended question. I mean, the answer could have been anything. And Solomon answered the question by asking for wisdom. Because of the relationship that God had with Solomon and Solomon with God. Solomon was able to answer according to God's will. And through our relationship with God, we too have that opportunity. You know, when someone has made a smart decision, when they have a lot of intelligence, this is still not the same as wisdom. People may have a lot of information stored up in their heads, but that doesn't mean the person has wisdom. Someone can read the Bible, they can know those Bible stories inside and out, and they can have a lot of knowledge about a lot of things, even theological knowledge. But it doesn't imply that the person has wisdom. You see, wisdom in this passage is not the same as information and knowledge. And don't get me wrong, it's good to have information. It's good to have knowledge. I mean, Solomon in his book of Proverbs speaks a lot about knowledge. Wisdom has less to do with the mind and more to do with the heart. Wisdom is having a discerning heart. And so Solomon asks God for a discerning heart. Again, you know, it doesn't matter how smart the mind is. If the heart is wrong, most of your life will be wrong. A wise person has a wise heart. In a discerning heart. A discerning heart is a heart that sees and hears. True wisdom or a discerning heart is wise enough to make a good life. A good life is one that is fulfilled and honors God. A good life is one that follows the will of the Lord. And that takes wisdom and that takes discernment of the heart. In the New Testament, Paul refers to discernment. Discernment is the ability to know whether a statement or action or motive has its source from God, from the Holy Spirit, or does it have its source and action from our sinful nature, the evil spirit or Satan. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 10, Paul talks about distinguishing between the spirits. Discerning the spirits is what Solomon asked for. He's not asking to be smart. He's asking for a discerning heart that is able to distinguish between right and wrong. He is asking for discernment. How often don't we want to make responses based on knowledge, based on our preferences, based on assumptions. And we'll even go to Scripture and we'll say, it's right there, it says that in Scripture. Be careful. Because sometimes that can just be knowledge. And we need wisdom. We need a discerning heart. Paul says also in Romans 12, verse 2, don't conform to the patterns of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, and then you'll be able to test and approve, test and approve, discern what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. 
Renewing our mind is the work of the heart. Discernment is a spiritual gift. It's talked a lot about in the scriptures as a spiritual gift. A spiritual gift means that there are some believers that have an abundance of this gift. Those with the special spiritual gift of discernment, more naturally, they have a heightened ability and responsibility. And we can look to these people who have the gift of discernment. I mean, I, I will often seek input from people who have this gift. I don't have the gift of discernment. But just as discernment is a spiritual gift, faith too is a spiritual gift, giving of our offerings, that's a spiritual gift, and there are those who are spiritually gifted and have an abundance of these gifts. But every believer, every believer is still to have faith, every believer is still to offer their gifts, every believer is to have discernment. Maybe it's not a spiritual gift, but we still need it. We don't only look to someone else for it. We have to exercise our discernment as well. So we all need to be like Solomon. We all need to ask for discernment. Again, some will have an abundance of it. It will be their gift. But we all need to have a seeing and a hearing heart. We all need to test the spirits. So Solomon asks that God gives his servant a discerning heart to govern his people, to distinguish between right and wrong. Well, Solomon asked God for wisdom, and he was granted wisdom. Paul's letter in Ephesians 1, Paul prays, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. And I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. You see, again, wisdom has to do with the eyes and the ears of our hearts rather than the eyes and the ears in our heads. It is a distinguishing, it is a discerning heart, distinguishing between right and wrong. So, if wisdom, if asking for wisdom is not part of our regular prayers, people, we need to start praying for. Pray that God will provide each of us wisdom in the sermon, that he will open up the eyes of our hearts, distinguishing between right and wrong, determining his will for our lives, for the life of the church. Now Solomon's prayer was rather brief. Solomon's prayer was spoken with humility. Solomon recognized that he was young. He referred to himself as a little child in verse 7. Three times in his short prayer, Solomon referred to himself to God as, as Solomon being your servant. I'm your servant, God. Solomon knew whose he was and what he was called to. He was called to serve the Lord. And Solomon reflected on God's faithfulness in the past with his father David and with God's continued covenantal promises. Solomon acknowledged how God made him the king succeeding the throne of David. And Solomon's prayer reflected a cry of dependence upon God. So people of God, pray this prayer. And God will direct you to his will, to his word. Read his word. 
Praying this prayer, reading from his word, getting together with his people will grow more and more. We will grow more and more with wisdom. So children, youth, young adults, may you begin to pray this prayer already at an early age. Keep praying this prayer as you get older. Adults, parents, grandparents, seniors, we all need to pray this prayer as well. And you know what? We live in a day and an age when there is so much pressure and tension pulling us towards the temptations and the sinfulness of this world. We need to have a discerning heart to distinguish between the right and the wrong. And you know what? God will let us wrestle with things too. We might not have the exact answer right away. But it's okay to have that tension and that wrestling in our lives. A restless heart does not mean that you don't have a discerning heart. Now Solomon never read uh, Matthew 6, 33. But he lived it. Seek first his kingdom and righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Solomon sought first God's kingdom and he prayed for wisdom and God took care of all his other needs Solomon asked God for a discerning heart, and by God's grace, God showered him with many blessings. Now, people, God, we don't pray this prayer in order to get the blessings. We simply pray this prayer for the blessings that we've already received, and then allow God to continue to bless us even more. Charles Spurgeon, 19th century preacher, called this pattern of God giving more than what is requested. He called this the divine habit. This divine God is a habit. This is God's habit. The divine habit is when God answers prayers and he promises to answer them with silver, but he prefers to pay them in gold. And that's not to say that the blessings that will follow will be riches, but there will be blessings Blessings that follow receiving discernment will be spiritual maturity, spiritual growth, spiritual life. You'll be spiritually alive. Solomon received riches and honor, and we too can receive many blessings. And another blessing that we can enjoy each and every day is reminded to each of us in Matthew 12, 42, which states this, and now one greater then Solomon is here. And Matthew refers to Jesus who came to this earth to die for you. We read Jesus is the way. He's the truth. He's the life. No one comes to the Father except through him. Yes, we need knowledge. We need faith. We need wisdom. Discernment. And that's the wisest thing that we can do right now is to give our life to the one who is greater than Solomon, to give our life to Jesus Christ, and to continually put our trust and hope in him. For Jesus is greater than Solomon, and Jesus desires a relationship with you. He desires for you to enter into a relationship, a growing relationship with him. So let our prayer be one for wisdom and discernment. And let it be discernment for ourselves, 
for our leaders, for our church, so that we will grow as individuals and that we will grow as a church. For us to be obedient to God and to his will so that we and the church will continue to have a long and prosperous life through Jesus Christ. Remember that knowledge is all that information and facts. Wisdom is living it out in the name of Jesus Christ. Let us pray that the Lord will give us a discerning heart so that our hearts will see and hear what is good and is of God. Let's pray. God, you are full of love and grace for your people. And you want your people and your church to, spro- to prosper, to thrive, to flourish. You want to bless your people with gifts and grace and love. So Lord, we pray the prayer that Solomon prayed. Give us your humble servants discerning hearts so that we may serve you and your people according to your will. So that we may distinguish what is right from wrong. So that we may administer justice in a world that is sometimes so unjust. So that we may grow your kingdom and your church here on earth. Lord, provide wisdom to me, your servant, to discern your will and your calling upon me. Provide wisdom to your office bearers, to lead and to make decisions that honor you. Provide wisdom to each and every person here so that we together may be one and move forward as one body, serving our one Lord. And we want wisdom not for our own glory, but for your glory, for your kingdom, and that all the nations will come to see you at work through us and through your church. So Lord, we thank you for your church. We thank you that Jesus is the head of the church, and we thank you that nothing can separate us from his love. And Lord, we pray your blessing on the many activities of our church and community, striving to connect deeper to you and to one another. We rejoice with things that are moving forward. And we mourn the loss of other things that have certain restrictions on them. And we also recognize that there are perhaps some pastimes that we need to remove from our lives and from our church that are holding us back in our relationship with you and with one another. We pray for your blessings on your people of all ages. Bless the unborn children, the babies and infants and youth and young adults, all the way to the oldest of seniors. Each person is part of the body and continues to be a blessing to the body in various ways. And we thank you. We rejoice with Nathan and Stephanie and Savannah in the birth of their son and brother, Bodie. We ask that you bless them and may they continue to live a life in accordance with your will, growing in a deeper relationship with you. We pray for those in hospitals or in homes, and we think of Harry and Herman and Martha and Dina and Janet and Corey and others who are struggling with physical health and older age. Lord, we pray for your blessing on our community and the many churches, the Christian organizations, the public organizations. We pray for your blessing on the many caregivers in our midst and in our communities involved in health and safety. We thank you for those who have serving hearts. We pray for your world, for our world, and how COVID has changed way too many things. Lord, we pray for this virus and other physical health issues to be removed, and perhaps we may just need some more patience. We pray for injustices and suffering that is going on in our country and many other countries. Lord, work in us to be people of mercy and compassion 
And we look forward to the day that your Son returns in his glory. But until that day, continue to use us for your purposes, growing your kingdom here on earth, loving you and following you with our heart, soul, and mind. And it's only in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.